Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your project. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha Cook, and um, we have a great show. It's called When We Last Spoke, and um, I know this is not January. I said I was coming back in January, but no, this is this is my last show for the year, I think. I said that even the last show, but no, this is it, and I think this is going to be a great show. We have wonderful guests, and this kind of culminates everything I've talked about the whole year and probably last 15, 20 years, but this is very interesting. Uh, started out as a book. Now we have a movie. We have an actress here. We have the director and we have the producers and we have the writer yes yay everybody so i mean this is how everybody knows that i like it when it's this is a project and everybody is involved in it and and you always turn out a better project when you have good people working with you and you get along which matters so um i'm gonna let uh who should i (laughs) start with i don't know let's see marcy we'll start with you because it started out as your project right and uh which yeah. is the writer mm-hmm. of okay go for it this is marcy okay. Henna. My, my name is marcy henna and i'm the um the creator of the fireside series and the author of when we last spoke the novel and of the new book um the second series called what lies ahead and i'm also the executive producer for the movie and, uh, you know, it all begins with you. It started as a book. And so then we have direct, the, your directors here, Joanne, Joanne Hack. Yes, my name is Joanne Hock, and I was the director and also uh, co-writer of the screenplay. I worked closely with Marcy um, and then also Rick Eldridge, the, the producer, to craft the story based on Nor- uh, Marcy's novel. And then we don't it, – it, well, we have – we have – Lacey and Darby is the same. All right, let I will let okay. Darby. I got this. And Lacey. I'm Lacey okay. Camp. Yes, yeah, and you're I Lacey. Play, and let's go. You um, could tell everybody, right? Tell everybody about that just for a minute, so they'll get this. Yes. So um, the main character of the story is Juliet Cranborn, and so I play the adult version of Juliet. But the majority of the story is in her past, and it's. Yeah, just this beautiful love story with a family that um, has uh, finds them children that find themselves in a in a situation growing up that's not conventional, and just how they were able to um, go through life and and love each other through it and get mad at each other, and um, it's just a beautiful, heartwarming southern tale. And I narrate that story as an adult, but the flashbacks and the scene and most of the action is played by my daughter who plays Juliet Cranborn as um, a child 
and um, she has a good friend, Chandler Head, that plays the sister with her, Evangeline, and their chemistry on stage was, was great. They are dear friends, but they were able to portray that sibling rivalry um, beautifully. <laughs> did they know each other before? Did, did, did they know each other before? Mm-hmm. They did. Um, they knew each other um, as you know, it's like acquaintances, but then they quickly became good friends, and now it's you know they're staple in our um, holidays and things. We always find time to spend with um, with the head family. They're cute. They're nice. There's a lot of mm-hmm. videos on you on everything. It's on you know. I actually have it listed in the show page. You know, it's uh, www.firesidetexas.com and everybody could read all about it and see all the videos right there. So it's, it's really, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good site actually, cause you could, everything is right there contained and you don't have to go anywhere else. Cause you could just stay right on there and see the videos, which as you know, people like one second, they don't want to wait more than one second. So you've <laughs> got it all there for them and they're good. You know, it's, it's good. And it looks like you all enjoyed each other's company. And so, I mean, Marcy, so you started, right. You wrote this book and then, you want, and I know we have a lot of writers here and screenwriters. What what did you really, I mean, this is like a dream come true for everybody that writes a book. We all want that. <laughs> and isn't that true? I think so. Not, but not everybody can get there or some really aren't, you know, they're really not a movie that, you know, would be something that people would get done. But this is such a nice, it looks like a, this kind of story of family, and I love writing that, and I love hearing about that. So it started from you finishing right. the book. Um, would, would you like to know how I, I mean? Yeah, what, anything you want to talk about, about, yes. Sure, okay. Yeah, I, well, you know, um, yeah, it's good. Sure, okay. I grew up in, in the Texas Hill Country on a ranch that's been in the family since the 1800s, and I was really blessed to have a wonderful family, and we lived about, oh, a mile down the, a dirt road from my grandparents, and every day we would trudge past a school bus stop on the way home. It was quite a long journey, and we would see my grandparents. My grandmother you know, would have cookies waiting for us, and uh, we were shown all about ranch life. We just, I mean, I just treasure those moments. They were dear people, although they are different than um, Walt and Ruby in my book. They, there are certain traits that I did. Um, borrow from them to, for my characters, and and yeah. that was really more about their daily activities. But they were they were not you know terribly romantic like uh, Walt and Ruby are. But um, I wanted to. Um, and as kids, you don't know that anyway. I, you know what I mean? As kids, you don't even realize that no, at all anyway. Right? No, no. <laughs> I don't know those. They things. just were so so good to us. And then after they passed away, I just wanted to preserve. Their way of speech, um, you know, their dialect, their um, their pastimes, just who they were as people. Because I, I see this world changing and, and some of these memories and you know just kind of fading away. So, so that's how that. Really I think began. I I think that's so important. They, I mean, you know, I mean, even in, like I have a few children's books and I always you know they my grandmother her words you know uh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize this till I got older how much my family came out in me mentally when I'm writing. I had no idea sure. until later sure. on, you know, and, you know, and I don't think sometimes you realize that, you know, and if you have a family background, good, bad, or whatever, it's still your family, and you, this is right. what you know when you're growing up. I think, and, and I think to you know, write, 
Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you don't pick it apart then because we don't, right. we don't know that when we're young. We can't. Right. That 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 is true. That is true. And one of the reasons I did it in two time periods kind of uh, is reflective of what you've just said because it isn't until we're adults that we, and we look back right. that we have true understanding of how things were. And, and it's different because we have the advantage of maturity um, so that we yeah. see it truly through different eyes. Right. And I think to write a good story, you have to keep those cl- those cards really up close to your chest. You have to bring the story up close to your heart to yeah. be able to do a good job at, at um, ca- characterization and, and, you know, moving the story along. I think you have to make it. So I think that's why we pr- pull out memories and we, we change them. I mean, we don't use the same memory, but we can uh, apply a sentiment or an experience to to the storyline and make it seem more real because we have felt something similar. Yeah. You know, it's family. It's family. It. You know, right. I mean, we all yeah. have that. You know, we have that, like I said, good or bad, but it's memories. And sometimes for writers, right. we don't always realize that, oh, we, you know, we just, I didn't realize when I first wrote my children's book, I didn't realize how strong an influence my grandmother was on me, too, but it came out in some of my books. And uh, in my, it's never too late. I have a dog that talks. I, I have a few dogs that do talk, but you know, <laughs> I had a dog, and I, you know, and I talk to my dog. So I mean, so you know, I think that those are things that I didn't realize years ago, and I guess it goes through my writing. And so now I have angels in it because a lot of people are gone, and I kind of, in my life, I'm kind of thinking, well. Like I said to my husband the other night, that this probably will sound crazy, but maybe not. Uh, I said, you know, I said, sometimes when I'm dreaming, I feel like, oh, I'll go to sleep tonight, and who am I dreaming about now? I do dream a lot about mm-hmm. my family. So does anybody here do that a lot in their sleep? Or I don't remember it a lot, but I feel it. I I definitely feel like that's an opportunity to, um, I mean, we can't control our dreams. Sometimes we wake right. up and we're like, whoa, where did that come from? I know. But I, I do know. think that if you, if you do put yourself to sleep with an intention of setting, setting an intention um, of just saying, like, you know, this is, I want to have clarity or I want to feel close, you know, I haven't lost a parent. I know Joanne has just recently lost her mother, and, and that's probably a comfort to her if she feels like when she goes to bed at night, she closes her eyes and thinks, yeah, I know. Hey mom, yeah. you know, mom, if you got something to tell me, tell me mama pajama. Yeah. <laughs> but she, um, Joanne, I'll let she you was really an ins- if you want. inspiration on the film because uh, when I first inherited the screenplay, uh, one of Marcy's characters, Atasca, was not in the screenplay, and uh, and I had read Marcy's book, read the screenplay, read Marcy's book, read the screenplay as it was existing at that point. I said, Marcy, one of my favorite characters in your book was Atasca, and she was the great grandmother that had dementia and yeah. a lot of personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I said I would like to bring her into this story, and I think she could play beautifully, especially. In today's times, with the amount of people that do have Alzheimer's or any kind of memory yeah. issues, yeah. Um, and so I did pattern Atasca after my mother, who was in the depths of Alzheimer's when we were filming this. And uh, course was great. She she took direction extremely well, and she knew yeah. 
exactly what I wanted. And uh, even some of my mother's gestures and body language, I gave that kind of input to course. and She adapted it and really brought, brought that character to life. And when you see her and the little girls on on screen at the same time, it's just charming. Um, and it, I think that the one of the things that I also wanted to show through this is that even though it's a debilitating disease, you can still embrace and engage people that have those issues. Yes, and, I, I do know that. I, do know that. I, I had my grandfather had it, and so did my aunt. And, yes, you can. And even if... Like, none of us know what they're really thinking, and people think they don't. We don't know that. Nobody does. You don't know that behind, you know, their eyes if they really can hear. And so you have to acknowledge them as people still alive. And and I have to say that the cast and the crew uh, was very respectful, of course, being 93 on set with us. So we had a 9-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 93-year-old. Yeah. But um, in addition to that, I think that uh, part of the joy in this telling of the story was making sure that uh, at the during during the progression of the story, she became more endearing to the children and vice versa. And there was this yeah. uh, discovery that they made in the film that I don't want to I don't want to give any spoilers out. But right, I do right. Think that but they understood is, it, right? Uh, and you know, they probably didn't really have much you know they're young so they you know it's a whole different ball game when you get older and you you know and you're seeing this so you're, you're seeing it through a children's eyes you know being with somebody like that so and I, we did kind of approach it with that kind of childlike innocence yeah. and not necessarily understanding but right. as each scene unfolds you get a sense uh, they have a better appreciation or understanding of this person that's entered into their lives and how they're Reacting to her, uh, right. and she's, she's an incredible actress. I mean, she is incredible. You know, I don't know. You know, oh, I mean, I, I do watch a lot of soaps. So, um, well, Corbin Burns and his mother was uh, Mrs. Chancellor. I'm sure you've heard about that on Young and Restless. But on Young and Restless, they deal with it now as part of um, one of the problems of that somebody has to face learning how to live with their mother that has dementia. So I think it's coming out now where people are incorporating that because it's in our daily lives. And we can't just forget mm-hmm. that these people are here. So I think mm-hmm. it's very good that, you know, you incorporated something like that because I think people are understanding now more than they did before because they didn't talk about it so much before. And I think that it definitely needs to be talked about because everybody's family mm-hmm. has somebody that has had a problem like this, I think. But it can be turned mm-hmm. into something like you did with children. So I think that's, you know, I used to go to the nursing homes a lot because my grandmother was there and my mother was there. And my mother lived with me and then my grandmother, she was in the nursing homes. So it's like um, you you don't, you know, you see all these people and they, you know, the older people, even without dementia, they love children and children relate to them. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm sure this is going to be, a film that people, when they see it, are just going to be, you know, feeling something about a, their family. Because this is everybody mm-hmm. has family. Yeah, I definitely think that anybody can relate to this story, whether you're from, um, it's a southern tale, but it's also a tale of families. And I think anybody yeah. from any, um, any part Background. of the country, yeah. any walk yeah. of life, 
you know, it doesn't know an economic status, you know, love and um, like caring for our, the elders in our family, whether it's someone that's blood relative or just someone that has become, you know, someone that has taken care of you close and then how you feel about them as you get older and you recognize the sacrifice that they had given to you. Um, I think that that's, what's great about the way that Juliet tells the story as an adult, when she's living her life, she's longing for what she's lost. And yeah, she's focusing on, you know, and Evangeline as well, the little sister, they're both kind of like their energy and their focus is all going to the loss and the hurt and the sad, but they, you know, they're living their life as best they can. And it's not until she's older that Juliet recognizes the beautiful life she was given and what, what Walt and Ruby and, Tosca were able to teach her, especially with the great grandmother Tosca. They it, they couldn't find the 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 joy in having a great grandma in the house, you know, at yeah. all until she was no longer there. And then then it's like wow, like in these right. final days, the light right. switches on. And I think that's also at the age where we start to recognize um, our the older generations passing and right, like becoming the next generation, you know, like um, my family, like I remember when I was a, an older teenager and I was no longer like the cousin generation. I was the aunt and I mean, I was still a cousin, but I was, I had become an aunt and the grandparents had now passed away. And my mom and dad were the, grandparent generation and it rocked me like wait what yeah yeah how did this happen and then you start to live life a little differently when when that happens and I think that's what happens for Juliet I don't know about Evangeline I mean I spent more time thinking about Juliet but Juliet is the older one I think when Atasca passed away it was kind of like over the course of those next few days it was like the light started to come on for her like huh Maybe what I have with Walt and Ruby is better than anything that, like my mom, you know, there's, you know, than what she would have been able to provide had she stayed, you know. Right. And yeah. um, and and there are a lot of there are mothers and you know that do leave, you know, they they don't stay, you know, mm-hmm. and different people, you know, I think there's a lot of grandparents that, uh, you know, end up raising children or being with the children a lot more. You know, because a lot of people are working, they're not around, and sometimes if they're divorced, they have their own life, and they don't, they, their parents now are taking care of their children, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's a bad, I think it's a good thing when you have grand, I mean, I feel fortunate that I had that, because I think for me, that's the best part of my life, is remembering, like, my grandmother, and my, you know, and different people that are no longer here, because they're in my head, you know, and I remember them, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's really important, you know, so, you know, a story like this should be told, because I think there's people mm-hmm. out there that actually, like you said at the beginning, I think, you know, Marcy, that this is, life is very, it's very different than it was, and I think you have to sometimes, you know, sit back and say, okay, close your phone, you know, close the computer, shut off the phone. I mean, I myself think, how many hours? And on my phone it goes like, oh, you you didn't spend as many hours as you did the other day on your phone. And it's like thinking that someone's 
I'm on there. I, you know, and I feel like even, you know, I've mentioned this many times when I'm on the show, you know, I'm posting and posting and posting and I'm thinking like, what did I do before this? Not this, you know, right. and it's a lot of time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and when I have a lot of historical authors on when they're talking, you know, um, they are always saying, you know, they didn't have TV. They had to do a lot of other things because there was no TV. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I also I, think one thing that in today's society, we spend a lot of time um, fighting for the rights of, you know, equal rights. There's, you know, we're fighting racism and sexism. Yep. But one thing we don't talk a lot about is ageism. And yeah. I oh, am yeah. like, I feel like our, I don't really, I can't speak on what the generation is doing. I have my own two kids that I can look at and I'm so yeah. grateful for the influence of my parents. And then we had a great grandmother living in the house. My husband's um, grandmother lived in the house with my two children. So there were four generations under one roof for a very yeah. short amount of time. Okay. And their eyes were open to a very different way of, of life um, yeah. for her yeah. and my her, their nana was able to tell them that you know this is not who grandma was this is who you know she is now at this age and she died at 96 yeah. and she was a beautiful yeah. soul but spending time thinking about what all she's seen what all she's done and how we yeah. need to respect these people who well I you know that's who, true my grandmother yeah, lived till 100, 101. Okay, she was always 102. And wow. she always said, right, she used to say, I say, how, you know, why don't you, you know, I think it was, I, there was a party for her for, she was 100. She didn't want people to know her age. I'm going like, what? I mean, well, how old do you think you are? You know, and my grandma, my mother was 80 or something. And so I, so, I mean, and then I now tend to never want to talk about my age because I think it's ridiculous because if it doesn't matter and people really, but if you tell people, uh, you know, certain people how old a person is, they go, oh my, you know, like they can't do anything anymore Mm -hmm. or, you know, so I think the more we see older people out there doing things, the better it is for everybody because just because you're a certain age, does it, now that's the good thing about like Netflix and all these other things, because actresses, as we all know, they you didn't see a lot of these people, and now with all the new series, you have a different generation shown, and I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing, because we didn't have that before. They somebody after forty or fifty, they just went, oh, you can't get any parts anymore. So and look at right. Forrest, she stayed all these years. You know, of doing oh, I've been television for us for many, many years. She's an Me inspiration. Too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You know, Mary Tyler yeah. Moore. Yeah. I mean, she she's funny, and she was on Dancing with the Stars, and I mean, right. everything that she did got her to this age. So, I mean, look at all the things that right. she's done. It's incredible. I think. And we she need still all the uh, characters. Nobody wants to just, just watch characters the, uh... in their mid-30s. <laughs> you know, it takes all ages to emulate reality yeah. and, and life. Yeah. And and um, I love that Atasca was brought back into the screenplay. I think the scenes with her and the, the children, are they're my favorite scenes. Yeah. See, I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, I think that people should see all generations. I do write a couple of my books are multi-generation because I, I do I think that's why I read it I just see it in my head when I'm writing you know I see that there's a grandmother mm-hmm. my grandmother did 
you know, uh, live with us sometimes. And uh, she shared my room sometimes, and she read romance novels and read, read, read. Mm-hmm. She was from Russia, and then she became an American right away. She never spoke of ever going back. You know, it was always she was American. That was it. And she read mm-hmm. all these novels. These Harold Robbins novels were all over. I mean, all these novels. And she, <laughs> you know, taught me about, like about romance. She'd read all these magazines. They used to have years romance magazines and all of this. And she, she was always reading about these things. And she really, she was a believer of people should get married and you know have a life and you know and work till as long as you could. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I guess I got. Some of I I find as I grow up, grow older. Now I realize I have a lot of her in me, but I, but like you're saying, you don't know that when you're young. Mm-mm. Right. Well, I think well, that's I, one of the beauties of this film is that it's multi generational, and so yeah. you do have yeah. this great grandmother, the grandmother, the missing mother, and these young children. Yeah. And yeah. it's set in 1966, and then flash forward 30 years later. So yeah. it is covering two di- distinct time frames in our country and the types of behavior that would be expected or is uh yeah. kind of in that in that it's so di- um, it's so different era. now it's almost it really is it's you know it's not that far ago but it but it really is such a difference now in the way people think and they are and you know the it, you know i do think you know, people should try to get along a little better, and I think it's, you know, we all know about Facebook and Twitter and all of this. It's just, it's a really hard thing for children. I don't know what's going to happen because this is not good for kids, you know. Um, I, I think they're learning some things that they could have done without learning, you know, this kind of stuff, what that goes on. So I think a film like yours will always be important, no matter what year it is, mm-hmm. I think. And it's purposely timeless. It is a timeless film that I think yeah. will will hold up. Um, some movies oh, you see yeah. and you go, well, and a couple of years later, it's it's kind of. Um, but you know what's interesting? I think, you know, a lot has, of people uh, do like the Turner Station. You know, the Turner Network, and I think he stopped for a while. The Turner Network, and I think doing some movies. But I think a lot. I've had a lot of people, and they're pretty young and they're talking about old movies that they've seen so i think mm-hmm. that that's a good thing that they've seen these things and even with the reruns you know like mary tyler moore like you know all the reruns that the partridge family they see all these things now so you mm-hmm. know some of these like even lucille Ball, like even her show lucy it still stands up because they're still having it on tv so it's mm-hmm. a good piece of writing is a good piece of writing, com- and it's hard to write comedy, too. So it's a good piece is mm-hmm. always something that will be – my the name, actually, of my show was always a good story is a good story because somebody told me that a long time ago. Just write a good story. Don't worry about all the other things. So I think mm-hmm. a good story goes on forever. Like Wizard of Oz. Look yeah. at that. Wouldn't we all like that mm-hmm. to be, you know? But I And I do think that's what's happening now. Um so, all right, now the kids, um, how do they feel about this, you know? How are, you know, do they talk about this to you, you know, either of anybody here? You know, how what the kids are thinking sometimes? You know, sometimes the, by the questions you know what they're thinking. How did that go? Are you talking about the children that, that were yeah, the, the actors? Yeah, the children in the, right, yeah, the children actors, right. I think they really, they, I mean, they loved being with Cloris, I think they looked at her as like they kind of like looked at her as like this, you know, um, unicorn that 
you yeah. know, in the flesh because yeah, we right. so much about right. her. Right. Shown, shown pictures of her um, as a beauty queen and, you know, and saying, like, look at how she's still doing this job that she obviously loved that is a very right. hard career. Um, yeah. I know for Darby, who has been acting now for half of her life, yeah. um, wow, you know, she was – she was pretty much in awe that this woman was still, you know, getting up and hitting, you know, her mark and doing her, like, getting yep. in her costume and having her call time and, you know, sticking to a diet and not a, yeah. not a diet as in, like, with holding, with holding, but staying healthy and, like, putting yeah. healthy, nutritious, you know, in her body. She was just an inspiration. Except and so for they those, loved working with her. Except for those Snickers bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great lesson. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Thank you, Cloris, there you for go. giving us that. Well, you know, right, because you know, right, it, you know, because even the stars from years ago, they weren't as tiny as these. Some of the, you know, sometimes you look at the people on TV now, you're going like, do people really look like this? <laughs> they're like, they're so mm-hmm. tiny on. You could on like the news broadcast or some of Like I'm in Chicago. Sometimes we're looking. I'm thinking like. God, you know, there's, there's, the dresses are so small, they're like little. And I'm thinking, like, this is really insane, you know. And, like, men, you know, it's very different because, as we all know, women on the show, we're talking about this right now, I mean, it is hard for women, you know. And right. they look at yeah. you in a different way if you don't look a certain way. But, you know, and I don't know if anybody's seen Heartstrings by uh, Dolly Parton. I'm just, she has a yeah. series. Mm-hmm. It, it's really it's good, good you know, and... Uh-huh. Um, it's just about people. So I think that mm-hmm. by seeing these things now, I think it's helping people to realize, oh, maybe there's another life than just always thinking about, you know, taking a selfie. You know, I think. Uh, right. Because <laughs> you know, that's a toughie. I wouldn't have, you know, what being a teenager now, I think it's hard. I do. I think it's hard. Yeah. And I think the fact that they take selfies and then I, something came on uh I think it was the Instagram yesterday, and they're going like, "Oh, here's another app on how to make your face look thinner and your nose smaller, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you had uh, some marks on your face, they make it completely smooth. So I mean, this is it's kind of crazy in a way when you're thinking about this, like mm-hmm. uh, to be able to for kids to have to think they have to change themselves to be different people. This is not a good thing. I don't mm-hmm. think you know." So I think it's good for them to see a movie like yours where real people, this is real people. And and basically mm-hmm. people are real when they really are in a time of, of stress or when somebody does pass on. I think that makes us feel differently once we've had people in our life leave us. I think it t- changes mm-hmm. people. You know, yeah. so I think that, which is probably how you got the story, right? Because you saw your life changing and everything that went before you, Marcy, right? I mean, that would be my guess. Well, I mean, I mean, yes, there have been a lot of changes. And sometimes we all, I mean, we all go through tough things as adults and tough things as kids um, before that. But sometimes it's comforting to look back on a time when we felt, um, safe or cherished or, you know, um, knew yeah. that our family cared a lot about us. And, um, you know, we, we learn a lot from looking at those examples and we try to apply them to real life, which brings right. me to a point. We have 
we have a couple of reoccurring things, at least, maybe more in this movie. And one of them is, um, even though life might be tough, dance where you are in the moment in which you find yourself. Because if you wait until things are perfect to celebrate mm-hmm. your life or, or, and the people yeah. you love, you might yeah. be waiting a very long time. So seize the moment. Right. And, and, yeah, exactly. And celebrate I, I think, the little yeah. things. Dancing in your kitchen, you know. Um, a cup, mm-hmm. a cup of coffee with your loved one. I mean, all but isn't that isn't that true though? Those are the things people up. remember. You know, if you ask children, yeah. or mm-hmm. for, like I ask my son right. certain things, some some things he does, you know, that he's older now. But I mean, it's like the things that kids remember are not the things you think they remember. They remember right. a lot mm-hmm. of things yeah. that you go, oh boy, right. you remember this or that. You know, I mean, okay. and tiny moments. Uh-huh. Yes, tiny moments. It's not mm-hmm. about what you mm-hmm. gave them in. Material right. things. It's exactly. about a time, like exactly. like you say, dancing. Because I saw that you were dancing and some of the music. It was good, and um, you know, I remember even as a kid, we had a jukebox, so we used to dance. You know, I and I was thinking that I saw. Uh, I don't know where I saw it on some TV show I was watching, and I went like, yeah, you know, because I could see that myself doing that. You know, because we did it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we had a sure. jukebox. Yeah. Being so as a kid earlier, I think that is their favorite part was the dance when we were filming. Melissa yeah. Gilbert did a really good job of <laughs> yeah. um, connecting with the girls on um, camera and, and between takes and being yeah. able to make a um, connection with them and, and help them relate to her as a grandma, which makes me laugh. Melissa yeah, because, Gilbert, right, a grandma. Right. Um, yeah, because, you know, she, I, because she started out so young. I mean, she was so young. And I applaud her as an actor for how she – interacted with our girls because yeah she didn't treat them like children she treated them like professional actors which it's a catch-22 you don't want somebody treating your um 11 year old and your nine-year-old like an adult in a way that um no they can't right you know over their head but you definitely want them to respect them as um, a professional performer and she got that she got that balance and understood you know, because if you, if you talk to them like they've never done this before, it can be condescending and demeaning. And, and right. that's why we sometimes see movies and, and TV shows, especially that have children be the props, you know, children are just yeah. accessories to the the main actors. So yeah. I love a show. And obviously I'm invested separately because of my kid being an right, actor, but right, right. anytime I see a show that's written where they trust that they'll find an actor that can carry a show, you know, yeah. that's in the majority, you know, she really does. These two girls are driving this movie mostly. And, you know, you couldn't do it without, without um, Corbin and Melissa and, and Chloris, but, yeah. um, but they held their own, and they looked like they belonged there with these, with these yeah. established actors. And it's like, oh wait, they are. They're not just, they're not just kids. They're, they're talents on their, in their own right. And that that's, um, that's exciting to see. Directors and, and you know what? They'll probably remember that the rest of their life. They'll remember that. That will, that will be something yeah, they will how they remember. were yeah how they yeah. were treated there you know because yeah. there's a lot of actors that don't they're dismissed they're treated yeah. like you know well they can they'll be fine but Melissa always made a point to um to speak to them and treat them and like, invest really nice in them enough that yeah. 
to mature their characters and their relationships, but also gives them enough respect and space to say like, okay, you're a performer and you need, you know, your space and I have mine and this is how it's done, you know? And um, I I could not be more grateful for the, the people in Darby's life that she's gotten to cut her acting chomps on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause sometimes when you're watching TV or a movie and children are in roles that I'm thinking, I don't even know how their parents let them be in that role because it could be damaging later, I think, to some of the things that they have to say and do. Because some of the roles are, are pretty intense these days that they have kids yeah, in. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. When you're watching it as an audience member, it's, yeah. cringe, it's cringeworthy. But when, you yeah. are in, when you're in yeah, making I, it, yeah. there's yeah. A, they go, SAG is so good at protecting children and having people on set to protect them from anything that's inappropriate. Yeah, and right. most of the time, you think you're looking at at an eight-year-old, the back of an eight-year-old's head and shoulder, looking at two people, you know, going at it or something, or a child being, you know, mistreated. And that's really a very small 30-year-old that yeah. is in, you know, hair. So, well, oh, that's an it, interesting thing, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully there's a lot, there's a lot of, of that's like that, yeah. Yeah, because there's things that Darby has been a part of that people have asked me, and I'm like, she wasn't even, she wasn't even there that whole week no. of shooting, you That's know. Good. But they That's good lose to hear. Her. You know, yeah, yeah, because you know what I'm saying. It could be that they the metal, if they voice have to go whatever, through that. and it helps them. It helps them tell their story. So I get a lot of um, parents that ask me for advice because they are like, I don't know if I should have my kid do this. Yeah, and I'm like right. that is a personal decision. What what are you going to go to sleep with at night that right. you feel good right. about? But but educate yourself and find out how how to protect your kid and what is out there in order right. to keep right. your exactly. kid protected. If you think your kid wants to do it, because you can't just pick and choose and just sit and wait right. until you right. can and be a lot the, of the actor, right. the a lot lead of, of movies in a movie, you know? Yeah. Because they say having yeah, children so in do. movies is difficult, and you have to have the right people on the set. Because you know, and some people really, you know, they don't want to do movies with kids. I mean, they just don't, you know. Yeah. And some, I had a screenplay, and they said, "Oh, just take out." I, I'm they take out the kids. You know, they were going to option it, and I take, took it out, and then the whole movie was different. And I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, you know, it, it had a lot to do with that. And then I took it out, and I still well, think that version was better with the kids in it. You know, but they said, there's oh, a so lot this was several years right. ago. This, this there's a lot of kids so kid-heavy. This, this film is so kid-dependent and so kid-heavy. It really is about the loss of innocence because of yeah. the of the actions of adults around them or what happens to the adults around right. them. And we could not have made this film without the young adult. Uh, uh, no, you have to have that because this is about the family. But I, you know, this is not yeah. about no about this. You have to because this is what the story was about. So you can't, you know. And, but the, and so also that yeah. these kids are just phenomenally. Uh, the, well, Marcy's characters are great. That's where it all began in Marcy's. Well, that's books, exactly right. Characters. That's exactly right. And it's good to hear that, right? That, as a writer, you know, it's writer. It's so good when you. That's why it's nice to have all of you here because. You know, sometimes people don't, you know, even on the Academy Awards, they don't recognize the writer as much. You know, they go, oh, this guy played this part, or this woman played this part, but the writer wrote it. 
This is their characters, mm-hmm. you know. And um, occasionally on Academy Awards or whatever, they, somebody does mention that. You know, I think they did a few years ago. Look, you know, they said some things. Because it all starts with the writer. Without the story, there was no story. So you're right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, Marcy, when you wrote the book, um, you independently published it? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Because we discussed that a lot on this show. So right. if you never got that book out, nobody would be seeing this movie that's going to be out mm-hmm. there, okay? Because right. sometimes you have to independently produce and, and independently write a book because it just does It's not because the story is not good. It's just that they may not want the story. You don't, you know, they have a lot of, you know, they're, they're, they have enough people that on their register that they've had already now, so they're not going to be taking another book. So how did this come to be for you? Well, I, I did make the choice to, you know, publish independently in the beginning, and I, I am continuing to make that choice because I'm, I'm enjoying uh, being able to keep the right, um, because, um, of mainly because of the film industry. So, yes. But what mm-hmm. I, the way I got started into the film business was that I, I was on Facebook one day and I saw a, um, a book trailer. And I'd never heard of a book trailer before. And it was something, it was about a work that was very different than what I've done. It was a, a, a like a scary story in Europe and haunted mansions, that kind of a thing. It wasn't at all what yeah. I did. Yeah. But I was really impressed by that. And I thought, oh my goodness, I never thought about doing that. And I'd always seen the series uh, in film in my head. I always always believed that right. would be the destination someday. Yeah. And so I made a, a book trailer. I didn't really know what I was doing uh, particularly, but I, I got a, a film crew together and made the um, the trailer. And, and, and that way, when people would see that, they could see it, you know, in exactly. a visual Like way. you see it. Like you see it. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, and kind of get the idea, oh, maybe this could be a film. And so that's that's really how I got started. And so today, for, if you are self, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go if ahead. you are self-publishing today, um, you can if you are willing to work hard enough. <laughs> you, and that's <laughs> yeah. quite a lot of work, um, and and um, you know on with through various um, you know promotional devices, then you can really um, have a better. Uh, chance at controlling your your destiny. I think yes. it's a great. I think yeah, it really right. is. You are controlling your destiny. You know, if you want right. to change your cover, mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, right. if you want to make your own film or you know whatever you're doing is, right. it's not like that if you go with the publisher because it's up to them. And um, so I'm big on people holding their own rights if they can. You know, you know. And when I wrote my books, you know, they're for, a couple of my books are from screenplays. So I think on some of my reviews, they'll say, like, oh, I can see this as a movie. I'm going, like, well, me too. <laughs> me too. That's why I did it, you know, because I see the movie, you know. But when I ended up writing it as a book, it turned out different. I left some of the characters out. I did, you know, because it is a different form of writing. There's no doubt it's screenplays. Oh, and, yes. Yes. you know, I'm not as descriptive. I have not, I'm not as descript as I could be because I really love writing screenplays because you don't have to be that to script but you do have to do dialogue and I noticed in your book a lot which I talk about a lot I think people now when they're writing a book they think okay fine the first two three four five pages has to really 
make someone say, oh, this is the best book I ever read. And this does not happen because you have to get a beginning, middle, and end. Do you want to address that a little? How I mean, you have to write the story, you know, and it can't just jump out all the time. That's what people used to say when, you know, when I'd call, did you want, you know, for my clients, so they go, to, you know, I wanted to jump out. I'm going like, what does that mean, <laughs> jump out? You know, you have to read it. And if you write novellas, like for Hollywood, I think it's easier for people because in Hollywood, they, they're not going to read 400 pages. Some people write very right. long books. They're not reading 400 yeah. pages. This I could say. It's not happening. You know, they will read well, novellas or smaller books. Right, right. So that's, and, I, and I, my understanding is, you know, in terms of dealing with Hollywood or, you know, just trying to sell a, 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 an idea is that a treatment should be no longer than a page and a half because you really have to grab them in a very, you know. Yeah, they, you have I a know. Lot of that's the hard part, time, right. So right. Yeah, it, it is a hard time. Uh, hard, hard part, but but let me. Um, I want to uh, rag on Joanne Hawk just a minute because this project was probably not the easiest project to take on. We're dealing with two time periods, and there was a whole lot of juggling with that. And so, to, when you try to, you know, take all that narrative and you turn it into a screenplay, there, you know, the adaptation process is, is different, and and so yeah. you have to let some things go. You have to. Do some amalgamations on characters. You have to, yeah. you have to switch some things around. But she did a beautiful, beautiful job, and yeah. and I think that's great. Real, yeah, I'm right. sure it was, it was a, a difficult um, task, <laughs> but she really made my characters come to life. And so, Joanne, I just want to thank you again. Um, you know, because I've always said that. You know, people ask, and I always said, I think the director matters so much. You know, and especially when they're writing the screenplay. Yeah. You know, I think a director yeah. does matter. I don't think people realize how much a director does matter. The words matter, right. yes, but you have to have somebody that sees your vision. Right, right. So, you know, having that, that advantage of knowing what needed to happen on camera, you know, and I mean, from both behind the lens and, and on paper was just uh, very, very important. Yeah, so. you know, I think it's so good. I mean, I've always said this, and see, this is what I truly, that's why I said this at the beginning of the show. I really think, and I used to I used to write a blog a long time ago, and I used to say, why can't writers, directors, producers, actresses, everybody work together on the film to get it right? You know, and, you know, because mm-hmm. it really does help. A lot of times people don't have the person that wrote the screenplay there, or they don't have the person that wrote the book. It's It's... It doesn't work as well as if you have everybody that is, you know, you're all involved in this to make it a good project. Right, right. So, and and sometimes, you know, that's why people, you know, don't like the way a movie turned out if they wrote a book or whatever. And it's so nice when you have this feeling. That's why I was so happy you were coming on because this is what I've always said is the best way to make a film right to everybody works together. I think that's a much better Well, it truly was a collaborative set, and I think everybody yeah. uh, was really respectful of one another and that we were all contributors. Um, I always liken a film set to kind of like a symphony where yeah, the, the yeah. conductor is up front making sure everybody hits their marks and cues and that they're playing yeah. a French horn on, uh, and hit, hitting all the notes. But I do think that the I'm not, I'm not playing that French horn. That I'm just making sure that 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 note's perfect. And so um, what what we had was this, this spirit of, of collaborative uh, 
out of necessity because we we could only work with the, our young actresses for eight hours a day. We right. had yes, a I very know. very um, uh, it, well. You're shooting a period piece, and in 17 days, and you're shooting two period pieces, the 90s and the 60s. Yeah. And so we were dealing with picture vehicles that don't start. Yeah. We're dealing with tight time frames. Uh, we have yes. uh, lots of production value because we have uh, bully fights and we have uh, hijinks with the kids. And as Marcy said, dance where you are. Well, we have three dance scenes, very different. Each one has its own personality yeah. within this film. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we cinematically captured it as well as uh, uh, for the coverage, but also just to let let those moments be um, just poignant. And so we really were very respectful of one another, and I think that that was especially true of Melissa Gilbert with the girls. And I think that was, uh, like Lacey said, it was a gift to us as a team because Sometimes I'd walk up and they'd be rehearsing off in the quarter, and I'd just kind of spy and listen. And I'm like, okay, that's so yeah. under control. I can go put out yeah. another fire because I'm not worried yeah. about what they're going to do. They're they're spot right. on. They're going to get it. I could go and deal with something that, uh, you know, a lighting issue or camera placement issue or blocking of the action or some props that need to be finessed. And, and deal with the other things that needed to happen at that time. And everybody was under the complete understanding that we've got to make this day and we have these young ladies have to be released within eight hours and right. then yeah. we've got to turn around and shoot the next day and be ready for that. So it was a lot right. of efficiency. And Joanne, uh, Joanne also, I mean, she's the director, but she also worked so closely with the cameraman as like her vision, her like um, the as far as like working as like a cinematographer, Joanne was had a voice in almost all these aspects. We talk about the collaboration and we list like a few things. We say, you know, director, writer and actors, but there are a dozen other things that made this film in particular so right. beautiful and accurate to the time set. There's so many people that are involved in that. Right, you have and cars Joanne involved. You have cars. I saw the cars are pushing the car in the video. I mean, you you have all these things here, you know. And and I must say, the videos that you have, they really do want to make you see the movie because you it, they're really good. I mean, they're not just. I mean, they're good because you feel like you're watching well, the movie while you're watching it. Well, wait. So you, it's very wait professional. See the movie. I'm wanting to well, see it, so I, I'm wanting uh, to see this and, movie. And just a little side note, and this is for all your all your the geeks that are listening to this. But we shot the film with lenses that were made in 1966. So wow, uh, cinematically, wow. I was trying to capture the look and feel of a movie that was made in that era, right. and even shot it stylistically like that because I did wow. not use drones. I didn't use steady cams. I didn't use anything that would have not been in existence new. in that time be, be too new, right? I, yeah. I was trying to be, to honor and pay homage to that era uh, cinematically because I thought, well, that makes this film even more timeless. Was it shot in 1966? No, it wasn't. It's a more contemporary version of what would have been shot in 1966, but cinematically, it matches into that time frame. Um, we filmed anamorphic. We filmed with a lot of heavy backlight. Uh, we we really tried to 
to do uh, justice to that era. And I have to give a big shout-out to our costume designer, Beverly, who Mm -hmm. had all this wonderful fabric that she had collected, and some of it was her mother's. Wow. And it was from the 60s, and she handmade so many of these costumes uh, for both the the girls, but also for the the fabrics. You know, the fabrics in those years, (laughs) I know that my grandfather was a tailor, and so my mother had a lot of things from, it was uh, my father's father, and my mother had a lot of suits and everything with beautiful fabrics. I would, I, you know, she kept a lot of them, and all these buttons and everything that was so beautiful from a different time, because now they put a little button on, and it's just every you could buy a button in the store, you know what I mean? But then it, the buttons, like, meant something on a garment, you know, and the fabrics were different, much, much different. They, they, were, they, they, they were different. The only problem with the fabrics is that every once in a while my sound man would go, boy, that is some scratchy texture there on that yeah. dress that little girl's wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. But we, we, uh, right. we were very yeah. lucky, all the all the film, the we had very little ADR, which is the dialogue replacement. We were able to get it all uh, pretty much on set uh, with our talent as they were performing to keep the performances as, as true and accurate as possible. And we used the device of, of Lacey's character, Juliet, uh, adult adult Juliet, to really just kind of bridge all these different time frames together and give us the story structure which, you know, that, that's a rule they say don't do, don't have a narrator. But I, one of my favorite films of all time, Shawshank Redemption, had read oh, yeah. narrating the film. And I, and I think... See, well, I like narrating. I don't know why people think, I, you know, I think it's good because you really get a feeling of what you missed before, you know. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have, to me, I think that's not a bad idea. I know they always say don't do this, don't do that. So I guess what's your advice? Just do what you think is best. You're the director, you know, you're writing it. You know, I mean, sometimes you really, but the fact is a lot of times you can't get things sold a certain way, but when you're in control like you all were, which is a good thing because that narration matters, you know, and without that sometimes people go, I was watching a movie, they go like, well, what happened and when was that? So I think... I don't see why people say that's not a, you know, it's a, it is, it's hard to do though. The way you did your film now is hard. So I mean, I think for people starting, what's the advice you're giving them? Because this project is not easy. No, it wasn't easy. But what did pull it together? And again, this is based on Marcy's book. Is we have this radio station as a backdrop, and it's KOFF AM. And I think it's all of 5,000 watts on your AM dial. But it was still this entity that was part of the town that was kind of the yeah. voice voice of Fireside. And so uh, prior to Ju- Juliet, as a, as a young child, is introduced to radio, and then Juliet as an adult is still at this station. So the radio station uh, metaphorically is a character in in the in the film, but also Lacey narrates it as the adult Juliet and bringing in all these different aspects of her life, i.e. the poetry, the things that Atasca introduced them to, love and truth and, and family and honor. And I think it really is um, an iconic homage to the American past and what I would love to see America return to, a little more of a gentle spirit. 
And um, mm-hmm. and I think that the for first time writers or anybody that's writing, you just you have to honor yourself first and honor your story, yeah. and yeah. know the rules to break them. And so we knew the mm-hmm. rules and we broke them, and it was purposeful. But again, right. it all harkens back to Marcy's story. Right, I think that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think breaking the rules works sometimes. You know, and <clears throat> I think you know, year, a few years ago, I don't know, probably about five years ago, I was thinking while I'm doing the radio shows, I'm thinking I would, I would definitely like to. Um, I think because I think in England they do that, like have a radio show on the air that like is a script, like you know, like they did in the past. But nobody seemed to think that was okay. But I once did that on one of my shows. They read a few pages. You know, I had a couple actresses and actors do it. I think that's a really, it's like a, you know how the audio books are. But I think it's a really interesting thing because while you're listening to something. You, you're not doing anything else. It's like while you're listening to an audio book, that's all you're doing, okay? And, um, it, you know, because now when people doing five or six things at the same time, it just does bring you back to a simpler time. And sometimes instead of saying, well, what did that character say? You're actually listening to what that character said, you know, rather than, you know, just letting the line pass. Because a lot of things that you miss in, you know, even in reading a book is you don't hear it. You know, I, I like movies. I love movies. And I'm very surprised that I've had so many guests on my shows that they do not watch movies. I mean, I just don't see how that's possible. You know, but they really don't. They're writing books, but they don't. They don't. I say, have you seen this movie or that movie? We talk about old. They don't see movies at all. So I think people really need to take a little time and watch movies and, you know, and go back to things that are, sometimes when we're in the theater, if we go to the show on a Saturday or Sunday, there's nobody in the movie. I'm thinking like, oh my God, there's nobody here. You know, it's like private viewing, but where is everybody? So I think this is a problem, you know, that I think it's, and I do like the big screen. I can't help it, you know, but I, I watch a lot of TV, but I've had so many people that don't. So it's so nice to, have this group of you here, all of you here, to really bring back what really might be good for people to see how it was. Oh, I, I'm I'm hoping so. I think that this film really does resonate all of that and touches yeah. on what I call the classics. Yes, it it, it, yeah. it, it I, has that potential. Yeah. yeah, I think it I think it will because I think you have good acting, good directing, a good story. So I mean, this is really what counts. You know, at the end of the day, this is a good project because it has it all. You know, so, I mean, you know, it's not, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Speaking of good acting, Lacey did a brilliant job at playing adult Juliet. And Lacey, I mean, you just really did knock my socks off with your performance. I just (laughs) loved it. And, I mean, you just absolutely did everything I, I would have I mean, the best job I could have imagined. So can you tell us a little bit about the preparation that you underwent to prepare for the role, Lacey? Yeah. Well, this was wonderful for me because I rarely play an ingenue type. I'm <laughs> That hadn't <laughs> been um, my, you know, my castability in the past. I'm usually like, I have a theater background, so early on. I was just the villain that, you know, beats up the ingenue or, you know, the wicked witch and that sort of thing. So to me, it was wonderful to play um, a a character that I kind of feel like I can relate to. She doesn't have children, but 
she has the kind of heart that all the kids in this town are my children. And I was a school teacher for 12 years, so I definitely could identify with that. So it wasn't a stretch to be Juliet. Um, I come from the South, North Carolina, um, and have a, a, a rich legacy with um, you know my family, my grandparents, and things. So I definitely could envision what she, um, what her life was like, and and draw from my own life experiences. And um, that was that was wonderful um, to kind of like revisit my own time at my granny's house and being out in the um, out with all the acreage and farmland, it looked a lot like where we filmed. And that really helps when you're on location and you're not just in a studio. So when you step outside and you look and you, and I also had a very unique opportunity where I was there every day watching my, as in Juliet's past being filmed. So I was there as Darby's mom. But I was also there as adult Juliet having a real-life reenactment of my past. So it was so easy to sit in that radio chair and tell my stories because I wasn't only drawing from Lacey's life. I was, I was remembering, because we filmed most of the, the radio scenes at the end, and I was able to just remember what what was already put on film. And most actors, you just show up and work your day and you go home. I was, it was almost like a theater performance for me. Um, when you prepare for theater, you know, you tell the story beginning, middle, and end within, yeah. uh, you know, a two, three-hour time. And right. I feel like I had a really long theater preparation <laughs> for this project, <laughs> and that was pretty cool. So I, I, it, to me, this was a real gift because I shared it with my daughter, watching her work with, you know, Chorus and Melissa and having a director like Joanne that invested in her and told her how, you know, Catherine Hepburn did this and that, who took the time to, <laughs> right. to make her a well-rounded artist, not just, you know, treating her like a kid actor. Um, it just, the whole experience was special with um you know marcy and and her involvement every day you don't always have a writer on set to communicate with and find out you do a lot of guessing so this project was unique all the things yeah that's why i think it's good that's exactly right we wish we had more right yeah we wish we had more time we wish we had more money but obviously you know those things you can wish in one hand and you know what in the other you know which is going to fill up first and (laughs) Um, but the things that that are truly valuable, like, are, is the input with all these, um, artists. And that's what I feel like happened. It was just a, um, a blessed experience. There's, I think, um. I'm looking forward to this. I'm wondering, so is there a, you know, will it be coming out in the very near future or what's, you know, I know you're working on that, right? So we could all see this. Well, yes, yes, we are. I would love to know <laughs> as well. 
It'll be out in 2020. We do not have an exact date. So okay, all right. Well, that's good. All right. So all right, we're, we're almost <laughs> there. I, I we're almost there. We're all, we're all dying to know ourselves. All right, we're almost there because I know I just, you know, and the thing is, right, you know, and, I, you know, we haven't really talked about the fact, you know, and for people that are listening, you know, it, you do need to have, you know, you need, you need to have people that are willing to produce, direct, and everything, and to get together. And you need to have money, which is sometimes why films don't get where they should to go as fast as they go. But hopefully, you know, people that are listening out there will understand that because it does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. I've had options, and the, the money wasn't there, then this happened or that happened. And, you know, but you just can't give up. And that's why I've been doing the shows for all these years and being an agent all other things these years because I, I think that you really shouldn't give up something that you really love. And I think what happens to a lot of us is that we're so busy trying to sell it and do this or that that we're not the craft of art and making the stories the best they could be and stop worrying about selling, you know. That's mm-hmm. a problem now because it does happen We after you write. That's why if you do independently publish, you are your own boss. And if you go with a publisher, it could take five years for your, you know, for something to even somebody to take it, you know, and then start. You know, so I think that when you have something, when you have a good project, don't just give it up and don't, you know, like breaking the rules does work in my head. Because, you know, there are no rules. I mean, this is, you know, rules can be broken, but rules can be changed. And I think as we are speaking right now, we all know the difference. Now, independently published books, the good thing about them is that they get seen. If you have them in a drawer, pages, Nothing is ever going to happen. But once you can put it in a book, it's there. And people will read it or not. But maybe in a two years, somebody will say, oh, I think I'd like to make that into a movie. You know, so I don't think people should give up on anything, right. you know. And you're, you're doing another project, right? Are you planning on uh, – you finished the book already? It's out? Uh, yes, it, it is out. I'm reading it now. <laughs> I love <Okay>. it. <laughs> Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm uh, I've uh, um, outlined the uh, the next book uh, as well, and know what's going to happen there. And we're working on ideas for you know prequels and all sorts of holiday stories. So we we yeah. feel that we have a bright future. Yeah, I I think you guys I absolutely think so because you know you've got. Oh, listen, you're all you're all dedicated to what you're doing, and that's a good thing. So I think, is there anything that anybody wants to say before we go, you know, or ask, you know, each other or just say something is before we leave? It's up to you if you want. Is there any last words that we all have here? Well, I'd like to thank you, Ms. Marsha. Pardon? I said I'd like to thank you for having us today. Oh, you're welcome. You know what? I keep, I kept seeing it out there, and I'm so happy, and I really hope – that it's a very big success because I think you've got a great project here and the heart of a story is with the people that are in it. So I think this is going to be a really mm-hmm. big project. And I do think, you know, that classic, this has all the classic because it's about family, relationships, love. It has everything in it. Plus a, a good director, producer, writer, stars. So, I mean, it, it's got it all, you know. And uh, I hope you'll come on again with the next project or anytime you want. You know, I mean, everybody that's been on my show always comes on again. So anytime you want to talk about something or have an issue or something that you're thinking of, just let me know, you know. And, um, well, thank you. 
where they can find your I book. I know, I know where, but maybe you want to say where it is, Marcy. Um, sure, I'll be glad to say where it is. But I think is it Lacey? Were you, did you have a question, or were you well, saying something with it? As far as your listeners go, I know you you know you had mentioned that a lot of your listeners are trying to get projects done and that's yes. where it, you know mm-hmm. get things out there. And yeah. I think um, what I have seen, and I'm just an actor um, who pops in and out and sees projects. And the thing that I've seen that what makes the difference between a project like Marcy and Joanne's versus things that has um, not come to fruition is really taking the time to invest in the things that you're passionate about. And regardless of what um, the naysayers say and what they like, the whole following the rules, if you are, if if you can back up breaking the rule because it's true to your story and and it's true to the craft that you're wanting to put out there and then taking the time to find people that are worth working with that are collaborators and not um you know you if you stop and you sit and you look at the character of each of the powers that be the individuals in this um production that the the producers the writer the directors and all the way down it comes from the top when people are um when there's a kindred um uh, goal like uh, and they share a vision and they care and respect for one another that's when things happen I think it's when we get desperate and antsy and we just pull a trigger on something that we knew in our gut that didn't yeah. feel right things yeah. fall apart so that's my advice to anybody that's waiting is just to to be patient and be true to your craft and the I right agree. people I, will I come think to that's you. right because great and do the, always do the best job you can and you know and all, you know, and that's really the that we can all say the same thing, you know, because you work on a project, but it, it starts at the it starts also with the good characters, you know. It matters. I, I it's it matters, mm-hmm. you know. And so when they're writing books, they, you know, don't give up and just keep going. And sometimes if it's not right, just wait a little bit, and it will, you know, you'll think of something. I mean, we've all gone, we've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, you think that, and all of a sudden you get this moment, and it's yes. Yes, I got it, you know. But you don't always think of it right away. So give yourself a little time to think about it. Because I know I have a lot of people on the shows. I can't. I don't understand that they could do like 20 books in a year. I, I can't. I just don't understand it. But they do it. I can't, you know, because I am fussy. And if I don't like the characters, I wait till I get it right, you know, for me. So I think you're giving yeah, them good advice. But I also mean, you know, like the individual character within the people you're working with. That's exactly right. Well, that matters. It, yeah. it really does. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of groups like, you know, and like you said, the writer was there. I always think that's a great thing because the writer, it's a very good thing for the writer to be there because they they know the story. They did it. You know, so right. that's a good thing. So we all can keep that in mind. Let the writers in. Let us Marcy, do you agree on that? Yes. The yes, writers need yes. to be. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't always go that way, and that's the thing. You know, the the writer writes it, and everybody else is around, but you need that writer without them. Right. Anyway, I, so thank you so much for being on, and uh, you're always welcome back, and good luck for all of you. 
Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Marcia. Oh, and, and good, happy holidays to everybody. This is the last show until January. I promise. All right. Have a good night. Thank, <laughs> thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank, thank, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.